What's going on, people? Welcome back to Keep It 111 with your main hosts, Andy and Sanha. Sanha, how you doing, man? Well, uh, going to be an especially happy day for Sanha, folks, because uh, we're going to talk, of course, about the NFL, big news with um, organizational changes, and then, of course, uh, we'll uh, talk about the power rankings, as we always do. And then we'll move on to the MLB, uh, what's, what is going to be um, probably the last time we hear about the MLB segment for a while. Of course, uh, the end of the season and um, a little bit of some last thoughts we have on the winners. And, and then we'll talk about the NBA, um, of course, big headliners, what's going on with Kyrie and, um, you know, just some highlights around the league. Uh, let's first start off with the NFL, man. Uh, I guess before we get into the power rankings, I mean, just a couple of headliners, right, um, across the league. You know, Bills losing to a Jets in what is probably was billed as an unlikely outcome. And, of course, the Colts uh, undergoing some organizational changes. And, and, and yeah, so what, what do you want to start with? Um, I mean, talk. Let, 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 let's, well, man, should we, do we just start out with the banger? <laughs> Let, let's let's start off with yeah let's start off with you know what's what's going on um uh, with 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 the colts i mean colts if fired five years since 2018 that was his uh first season yeah so five seasons this being his fifth season. Um, and uh, finally gone. <laughs> well, and... I mean, so so I wanted to get your thoughts on it, right? Because if you look at, obviously, like, you know, recent times will tell you that, like, he's just not getting the results. But, I mean, f for, for somebody who's not, like, as well-versed with him, like, you look at his, you know, tenure from a glance, He's won a playoff game over four years, which is not great, but a lot of teams can't even say that they've been able to do that. Something. So, so what 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 is it especially about you know Frank Reich's departure that like you know makes you think that it was so deserved? So, I've been kind of banging on the table, Frank Reich's. Um. And it's because he he somehow takes and and this has happened like for multiple seasons takes he takes talent and doesn't like so if the sum of the parts are one hundred he doesn't even like produce 100 he produces like 90 at best where like so like if you're a good coach right you're gonna produce like 105 where this where the sum is great or where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts right if you're a great coach you're gonna produce like 110 120 and then there's frank reich who at his best is producing 90 when the sum of your parts is a hundred, and 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 sure that can happen once, sure maybe that can happen twice even, 
But when it happens three years, four years in a row, it just gets to a point wherein you are, unless you have the most broken, incredible roster in the history of the NFL, which is very unlikely to happen, um, you're not going to win a Super Bowl that way. And for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, Frank Reich's performance is just not, it's not good enough. Not good enough. I'm not saying that Frank Coach, Frank Reich, sorry, is a bad coach. He is. I'm not saying that though. <laughs> I, <laughs> what I'm saying is that he's, uh, at least with our team, he just isn't good enough to bring us to a Super Bowl. And that's, the standard that we require of our head coach and of our team. That those are our aspirations. We aren't the Detroit Lions. Okay? We aren't We aren't the Cleveland Okay, maybe it's a little Browns. We aren't the Cleveland Browns. We aren't the Houston Texans. We are not these teams. Alright? We have Super Bowl aspirations. And that is that is the the goal every year and Frank Ho Frank God damn it. Frank Reich just not the right coach for the job. That's why he had to go. Are are you saying specifically that Frank Reich wasn't the man for this uh this roster, or you think um you have qualms about him as a coach in general at this level? I think uh I think he's soft. <laughs> I think he's soft. And and the reason why is like, okay, so like let, let me present you the evidence of Frank Reich being soft. Okay. Exhibit A. Carson Wentz. True. This motherfucker says we have a perfectly good Super Bowl ready team right here. And I'm gonna put a Carson Wentz on that bit, dude. That's like, like, okay, how could I put it in like? What, what is a good analogy? For it's that's like, like if you got like a five star like course, like if you go to a five star restaurant and you get the entree, and then you're gonna like you're gonna like sprinkle some uh like like uh I don't know like some some cheap seasoning. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> like it's like it's like you have a Mercedes Benz, and then you go to the auto shop and you're like. You put some $70 Continentals on this bad boy. That's what this is, okay? <laughs> that's what he did. And that's just unacceptable. You can't, you can't drive around a Mercedes with $70 Continental tires on them. That's just, that's just disrespectful to the car. Right. <laughs> right? That's disrespectful to the parts inside that machine. Which right. is... Which is what Frank Reich did with Carson Wentz. And then, and then he let him do it for the entire goddamn season. In fact, he let it go so far. He let it go so far that he allowed Carson Wentz to throw the last game of the season against a worst-in-the-league Jacksonville Jaguars team, which would have put us in the playoffs. That's soft. That's being soft. All right. Exhibit B. So after that embarrassment, after that embarrassment of losing two games at the end of last season, either of which 
a win would have put us in the playoffs. You just had to win one of two against a non-playoff Raiders team and a worse-than-the-league Jaguars team. You just had to win one of the two, and you would have been in the playoffs. After losing that way, he proceeds to begin the season by fucking tying the Houston Texans. Again, worst in the league. The worst in the league, Houston Texans. You after after you lose that way at the end of last season, that's what you do. <laughs> Can you believe that? Like, is that even <laughs> believable? The worst part is the worst part is this motherfucker has the audacity, the audacity to come be the head coach for the for the Indianapolis Colts as an offensive minded coach. Then proceed to lead the team to one of the most, one of the worst, one of the very worst offensive seasons that the Colts have had. Probably the worst since, yeah, the worst since our 2-14 and 14 season where Peyton Manning just didn't play that entire season because of his neck injury. That's how bad our offense is. This and Frank Reich, who is supposed to be here, you know, to be the offensive mind is our head coach. That that's unacceptable. You know, the Colts' offense has put up less points this season than the Texans. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that 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 is that is that is that is pretty disgraceful. And yeah, like I I look everywhere and I'm like, the like, I I just don't see how this roster could even muster that like. There has to be something wrong on so many levels that, and I, and the issue is not in the roster, right? I mean, and so, so the Colts move on and they hire what I thought was a fake headline. I thought this was fake news when I first read it. A, a TV reality TV star, <laughs> Jeff Saturday, Jesus, as their head coach who has no coaching experience above the high school level um, to take over this, uh, this team mid-year. And who knows how long he's going to last. Um, I mean, what do you think about the hire? Like, is, this, is, is the ownership trolling? Like, what's going on here? Honestly, honestly, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with it. You know, because I'd rather us just fucking tank. I'd rather us just fucking tank, you know, and, 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 and call it a seat because we need a quarterback. It's as simple as that. We need a quarterback. We need a quarterback because our team is good enough. Our team is, like... The rest of the but, roster, but do, you, do you feel that the that the, the, the mantle is still gonna be here next year? I think for the most part it is. Like we last season we had seven pro bowlers. The only team that had more than us were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We had we had more pro bowlers than the Super Bowl than the Super Bowl champions. The Rams had four. We had seven. We had seven pro bowlers. So, Although the Rams Pro Bowlers are 
arguably much yeah, higher quality. They're, they're yeah, they're very high yeah. quality. But still, I mean, it, it's, it's to say that we have a very high quality roster. I don't think... I don't think our personnel is the issue other than the fact that we don't have a quarterback. And so, you know, you, you just need to get a quarterback. And so you get a tank and then you get your quarterback through the draft and you run it. Yeah. And, and when we run it, because like, I, that's what you got to do because they're, they're, you're not going to get another quarterback somewhere else. Like no one else that I would want available. Like I swear to motherfucking God, if we somehow end up with like, 75 year old Aaron Rodgers next season or something. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna start calling for fucking Chris Ballard's head too. Listen, I've been a Chris Ballard support, a stout, stout Chris Ballard supporter throughout all of this. I think personally that he's done as good as he can. He put together seven Pro Bowlers last year with shit coaching, with garbage coaching. There's still seven Pro Bowlers on this roster. Somehow. And then he asked, added Stephon Gilmore. Right? So, like, I don't think Ballard's the issue, except with his quarterback thing. If he brings on fucking Aaron Rodgers or something like that, I, I, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> I'm going to lose it, and I'm going to flip on Ballard. But in Ballard, I trust. So, you know, you got, you got, you got one year here to, to make the right decision. Um, I hope that he can learn from the mistakes of, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, washed old veteran quarterbacks, and um, it's um, Philip Rivers, yeah, Philip Rivers. Although Philip Rivers was not bad for us, what he was not. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're not angry about Philip Rivers, I mean, I know like you'd rather have the young blood, but Aaron Rodgers next year, I mean. It's a little disrespectful to say it's over for him. I mean, his roster is shit right now. Yeah, but he's... It's kind of unfair. I mean, he has a body of work, and he's at an age where, like, yes, he's not nearly at his best, but he's going to be better than anything you've had in recent years. Maybe the best you've had since Andrew Luck. So it's like... I hope so, but I don't know, man. He's 39. He's going to be... Thir- or he's 38 now. He's going to be 39 next year. I mean, if Brady can play until he's 50, I mean, Aaron Rodgers should be able to play until he's 40 at least. Bro, but I don't know. Rodgers, from what I've seen this season, I think I, I think he wants to hit. I think he. I think he's done with the Packers. <laughs> I don't know if he's done with football. He's been done with the Packers for three years. Exactly. I think he needs a change of scenery. That's what he needs. I just. Uh, I would rather just listen. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers couldn't be good for us next. He could be, but I would I would bet that he would be like at least like you know a net plus for sure. I mean, come on, I'd, you have to bet for that. I'd rather just bring on someone new. I'm I'm so done with it. I'm so done with the the veteran quarterbacks. All right. Well. Uh, well, losing to the Patriots in that fashion last weekend, I mean, um, it, it, it really was the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, elsewhere around the league, um, the Bills fall into the Jets. Um, I mean, the Jets are now 6-3, and three, man. And I don't know, like, that was a impressive, impressive performance. I, and the Bills, I mean, 
they they just don't look perfect, you know. So the, you, you don't know what can happen. The Jets uh, are Allen real. The Jets are real. Um, and, and this isn't to excuse Bills. The Bills, they played bad. Straight up played bad. Josh Allen played like garbage. Mm-hmm. He had one of his worst. But also, it just felt like to me that the Jets were playing really well. Um, no one on the Bills were was getting open. No one was getting open. Um, against the Jets, and and the Jets are for real. Like they they bounce back pretty quickly. Um, their defense is is loaded with talent. Um, Zach Wilson. I don't know if I've made clear on this podcast because we started this podcast. We haven't had a lot of opportunity to talk about him, him, but um, I've been an an avid Zach Wilson since since his draft. I still continue to believe that Zach Wilson, at the end of it, will end up being best quarterback of that draft with with Trevor Lawrence with Justin. And it's because his arm talent is incredible. Like, even in this game, all some of, some of the throws, it's just there are throws that no one other than Patrick Mahomes can make in the league. And he just does that with such ease at times that it's, it's, it's hard to ignore the flashes of great talent. Um, and now that he is starting to kind of formulate a team around him and it, he's getting back to... Uh, healthy, um, I, I think Zach Wilson is on the up and up, and this team with him is going to come up the ranks here. And elsewhere around the league, of course, um, a, a, a familiar scene that we have not seen enough of uh, this season, the Buccaneers, um, led by Tom Brady on a one-minute drill at the end of the game, um, Steal the game from the Rams, 16-13. It's obviously story of the season for the Buccaneers has been a very languishing offense, right? And even this game, you know, if you look at the scoreline, 16 points, again, it just feels like the continuation of the offensive struggles, um, lack of protection, and the receivers just don't look good, don't look as good this year. Uh, But it it was a glimpse of vintage Brady, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and, that's why I, I'm a little less concerned about the Bucks. Um, again, their their talent is very good, and they're and they're built to kind of grind out games. So um, I, I'm less concerned about the Bucks than like any other like five team. The Rams, on the other hand, are just garbage. They're they're absolute like it, it's it's a dumpster fire, um, and they are not going to the playoffs this season. Like, yeah, talk about a Super Bowl hangover of epic proportions. I mean, like, for such a similar-looking roster, all things said, compared to, like, their championship-winning season, like, I don't, you don't see this often, like, where it's, like, just this bad. I mean, yeah, like, if your roster, like, I mean, as it is in any sport, like, if the championship-winning team roster changes drastically in the season after, which often happens, right, because a lot of people are, like, you know, going to get their money and, you know, sign elsewhere everybody who's coming off a contract because their stock's at an all-time high yeah like that happens a lot and then yes you'll see like a huge regression but 
you know, the big pieces are still there, right? And, you know, you, this is just a really odd thing. I'm not, like, what is, what is going on with them? Like, what is, what really is, like, the key thing that's different this year? The, the biggest problem is that their, um, their offensive line is just playing, like, garbage. And that, that's the biggest thing, because this team, the offensive line is actually of paramount importance. Um, to this team's performance. And the reason that is, is because the way that, that Sean McVay's offense run is that it, it runs from quarterback being under center for the vast majority of the game. And by under center, I mean not in shotgun. So that means, that means the quarterback is, you know, instead of the center hiking the ball all the way back to a quarterback who's in the shotgun and, and several steps behind, um, it means the quarterback is literally, you know, grabbing the ball from under, like from the center's butt, basically, um, from literally under center. And from there, the offense functions. And the reason why that that offense runs that way is because when you are constantly under center, it's difficult for the defense to tell whether you're running the ball or passing the ball. Because if you're in shotgun all the time, then it's pretty clear that 85 to 90% of the time you're going to pass the ball, right? So the for that but if you're under center constantly then it's hard for the defense to tell if you're going to run the ball or pass the ball and that and that gives your offense an so that's like that's how the system is is set up but that only works if your offensive line is good right that only works if your offensive line is good because when your quarterback is so close to the line of scrimmage that means he has less time to get the ball out like effectively because he has to if he's going to pass the ball he has to get the ball from under center then take steps backward and then make a pass as opposed to when you're in the shotgun you have the ball immediately and you're ready to throw it immediately right so like you there are several seconds that you lose in terms of how many how many seconds um it takes for you to throw the ball as a quarterback when you're under center and so when your offensive line is bad then every second counts and so then it obviously is going to impact your offense uh, more than maybe some other scheme um and, and this season the the rams offensive line has looked nothing like what they looked like last season um where it was quite good last season actually this season it looks like a complete nightmare um and so I'm not entirely sure exactly what happened there too, because there's a little bit of personnel change, but like the personnel isn't that different. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what's going on with that. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just not sure what, what's going on, but, but that if like, if we were to try to, um, if we were trying to diagnose why the Rams are, are playing so poorly, that, that would be the I mean, yeah, the, the, the stats also follow it up, right? Um, so 2021, in the full season, Matthew Stafford was sacked 30 times, and he had five fumbles. This year so far, in just half a season, he's already at 28 sacks, and he's already at the same number of fumbles. So he's already, you know, reached, you know, those numbers only halfway through the season. So, yeah, there is a big indicator that, um, you know, protection is likely an issue here. Um, yeah. Very, very different, you know, um, outcome uh, compared to last season. I mean, yeah, they are looking like, uh, the, yeah, they're not making the playoffs this year uh, based on how they're playing. Um, anything else you want to touch on uh, before we go to, on to power rankings? Um, 
Uh, not in part. Sorry. Couple more. Alrighty, alrighty. So, so last week, what what were the power rankings last last so last week? Last week, last week we had one through ten: the Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys. Top five. Then we had the Dolphins, Ravens, Vikings. Uh, Hawks who in the top, rightfully so. Interesting. so. interesting. So we we you know we kind of uh, suspect that one two three is going to remain relatively stable, but and and four and five is going to be like you know the ins and outs. Interestingly enough, four and five had buys uh, this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I mean, so how does that change? I mean, let's let's go through. So new power ranking start at the top. Hey, start with the Eagles. Then immediately number two, we have a change. Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs coming up at number two and the Bills falling down, um, unsurprisingly, after their, yeah, their loss. Um, and number three, we have the Cowboys and, and the Bills fall all the way down to number four. Um, and the reason being is not necessarily, like, I don't want this to be construed as an overreaction to their us because i still think that this team good. but that comes with the caveat of josh allen being and what happened at the end of the Jets and Bills game last week is that on the very last drive josh allen uh suffered an injury to his arm uh, and it's still unclear uh how bad the injury is uh it if if it's a complete ucl tear Hair, then he is done for a year. So that would completely collapse the bill. Um, if it's not, it could be just like a few weeks, which would still obviously knock the bill. Eggs. Uh, so that's why I, I I've given bills kind of a little bit as status of Josh Allen is. Um, then at number five, we have the Niners did not move. At six, uh, we have the Dolphins again did not move. Uh, seven, the Ravens. Um, at eight, we have the Giants. So this used to be the spot of the Vikings who are falling. Um, and the reason for this is because the Vikings won. And, and people will say, how can you how can you take a team that won and drop them in your power ranking? In fact, how can you take a team that won and are now seven and one, mind you, seven and one, and drop them in the power ranking? And it's because you won by three points against the Washington Commanders with Tyler Heineke. I mean Taylor <laughs> Heineke. That's why. That is an and then. And then Kirk Cousins has the audacity. Style points count. <laughs> Kirk Cousins has the audacity to be like, I, oh my god, I can't. The audacity to like that. No, I don't like that. I don't like that, Kirk. I really, really don't like that. You, come on, man. Twenty to seventeen against the Commanders with Heineke. Embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment. It, it, it's even more of an embarrassment that you added a weapon 
and you scored 20 points against the Commanders, wherein, wherein Heineke gave you an interception as well. So, like, I, I don't know where, like, why you're celebrating to the extent that you're celebrating because you want a close game. It should not have been a close game. In addition to the fact that you won, like, in, like, in the fourth, fourth quarter with time running down. Like, you had to score 13 in the last quarter to win this game against the Commanders. Embarrassing. You're, you're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment of a 7-1 team. Maybe the worst 7-1 team that I've ever seen in my life. That's what I Well, damn. I mean, uh, I, I mean, yeah. The, the Commanders are a pretty shit team. I mean, uh, results kind of speak for themselves. I mean, they're 4-5, and five, but, you know... They've won against some very poor opposition. Same with the Vikings. Correct. Um, the NFC so, shit. But it is cruel, though. I mean, 7-1 is... 7-1 uh... is impressive. But I'm not looking for your record impressing me. It doesn't do it for me. But I mean, like, you know, they beat the Dolphins. They beat the Cardinals. I mean, these are, like, bad teams. The Cardinals are bad. The Cardinals are, like... You know, it's a. You know, they won a game. They won a game. They won by. Uh, well, it's only by eight. Points. But they beat. They beat the Dolphins, right? That's something. You know, and they and to this day, the only team that they've lost to is the undefeated team in the NFL. They got smacked by. I mean, yeah, but a lot of people get smacked by them. So yeah. It's like, I don't know. We'll see. Well, we're we're gonna find out. We're gonna, we're find, gonna out find out this out. next week. This week. Well, well, we're going to find out if Josh Allen is healthy. Yes, if, if Josh Allen isn't, I guess, then you defer the examination. Then the I don't even that. know. What, I guess we'll find out the following week when they play the Cowboys, like an actual good team, like a real team. Well, Sanha, if, if they manage to beat the Bills, I mean, Allen or not, and they beat the Cowboys, I better ex- have this team, you know, I better see this team in the top five, man. I mean, because... I They'll be somewhere. Again, I want to <laughs> see how they play. I just... I can't, I can't imagine them beating them, beating the Cowboys. Like, I can't even imagine that. I can't even fathom how that might happen. I also agree. But, like, you know. But results are results. And they're getting them, man. They've won six in a row. Well, so. unfortunately, they fall even further past nine. Because that nine is the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Who continued to play great ball. Geno Smith continues to ball out. Kenneth Walker continues to ball out, and they play stout defense. Team is just good. Russ, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> and and the Cardinals fall to zero and two since the release of the latest Call of Duty. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. <laughs> Um, unfortunately for the Vikings, they fall even further. They're out of the top 10. Out of the top 10. As the Tennessee Titans come. And debut in my top 10 power ranking. Despite losing. Dude, you're going to give a team that lost? An entry into the top 10, a team that hasn't sniffed the top 10 all year, and you're going to give it to them after they lose. After a team that was existing in the top 10 won. 
So this is a little bit of a little bit of I'm probably a week late, maybe two weeks late here, with the Titans being in the top ten. I they probably should have been in the top ten last week, and arguably even that. Um, the Titans uh, are handed a loss by the Kansas City Chiefs, um, but they were on a five-game win streak, I believe. Coming into this game um, after a, a rough start to the season. Uh, and they started Malik Willis, who went 5 for 16 and 80 yards. And yet, they, went to, they took the Chiefs to overtime. Um, it tells you what kind of team the Titans are. They, their formula is incredibly simple, but incredibly effective. They beat Derrick Henry until Derrick Henry's legs fall off, and they play really, really smart defense. To keep the Chiefs to 17 points through four quarters is is almost a a miraculous feat, if you will. And the way that they did it is extremely smart. So they played a shit ton of cover one, which is actually what is the opposite of maybe conventional wisdom uh, for the more casual fan, because the more casual fan would think, wait, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's the Chiefs, it's like air raid, you have to play cover two, where you have two safeties down, up, um, down deep, so they can, you know, prevent any, like, big plays and all that, but the Chiefs don't, the, the offense, it doesn't run like that, they run on a lot of mid to short intermediate routes with a lot of crossing um, a lot of complex route trees underneath. And so the Titans, understanding that, decided to play a lot of cover one, where they leave only one safety up top and instead bring the other safety down eight, nine, ten yards from the line of scrimmage so that he can help to cover some of those crossing routes, some of those more shallow routes, where the Chiefs offense has been kind of ripping people apart this season. And so... Super, super smart uh, game planning from the Tennessee Titans, but they do this every week against every team that they play. Their game planning is incredibly good, and Mike Vrabel Vrabel is is one of the best coaches in the league at at doing this, at game planning for um, specific teams, adjusting to what their strengths are and and what your team's strengths are. Um, And despite them losing to the Chiefs, um, because, you know, frankly, if you go to overtime, I don't know... What other team is going to Chiefs um, in overtime? To to take the Chiefs to overtime when you are starting fucking Malik Willis at quarterback who went five for sixteen for eighty yards. Um, to, to take them to overtime is a miraculous feat and something that I want to compliment the Titans for um, by by putting them in my top ten. Man. I mean, yeah, they won five straight. I mean, but two of them were against the Colts. I mean, like, and the Commanders. You're really going to give them a lot of credit for that? I mean, it's the way that they play. It's it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was throwing for nearly 500 yards and only scoring 20 points. I would dare say the Titans got a little bit fortunate. The score wasn't higher than that. I mean, to be fair, he's he he threw 400 yards over many attempts on 68 attempts. 68. I, know. I don't remember the last time I saw 68 attempts. 
It, it, granted, it is an overtime game, but yes, he still threw 400 and... He did, like, he did. 400-plus yards. But and most of the a, time when that happens, it's more than 20 points we're going to see on the scoreboard. True, but not against these kind of defenses, exactly what I'm saying. It's like, this is the kind of defense that Bill Belichick would run in New England back in the day, right? Where you don't give up the big plays, you give up the small plays, and you play... You play hard um, when it matters, when they're in the red zone, when they're, you know, 20 yards, 25 yards from, from the end zone. Um, there's, they just play this kind of style of defense that lets you, allows you to only chip away at them, but they're not going to give up the big plays. You're going to be hard pressed to score a touchdown against them. And I think in the long run, that's going to uh, be really, really effective against the vast majority of teams in the NFL. And when it comes to the playoffs, which it seems like they're probably locked for because the AFC South is garbage, um, it's going. It, 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 that's the perfect script for for uh, playoff football. The only reason, in fact, I would want to put them higher than even ten. But the only reason that I have them ten is because their quarterback situation is so unclear, um, and so. Like, if they had a, a better quarterback or even just stability in that position, then they could easily be pushing for 8, 7, 6 here. Gotcha. And so, I guess that rounds out the uh, power rankings. You want to go over them one more time? Yeah. Um, let's see. So, new, we have the Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Bills, Niners in our top five. Then 6 through 10, we have the Dolphins, Ravens, Giants, Seahawks, and Missy Titans. Bye-bye, Vikings. And we'll see. And we'll see. The Vikings have a chance to make it back. I mean, especially if Josh Allen plays. I mean, they got a money game next week. So, folks, you're not going to want to miss next week. I can't wait until I am vindicated when the Vikings get fucking exposed. The trash team that they are. Well, for the record, I would also say the Bills are going to beat them. But, I mean, you know, it's it, just because you lose to the Bills and the Cowboys does not mean you're not a top 10 team. No, you know it's going to be the way that they play. When you play, right. when you play a good team and you just get smacked around, man, they're going to get excited. All right. Uh, okay, folks, uh, moving on to Major League Baseball. Uh, the World Series finished, and uh, congratulations to uh, no. The cheaters. They have won. Uh, they have won the series in six games. Uh, uh, so the last time we uh, left off, the series was tied at one-one, and uh, the game one was about to be played in Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. And that game, right? We had predicted, you know, Bryce Harper. We still had not seen a big game from him. And game three was truly that i mean i mean in all fairness it wasn't just him uh, the phillies were just teeing off teeing off on lance mccullers and i didn't see this coming right seven nothing the final scoreline home runs from you know everybody alec bomb bryce harper really cool moment when bryce harper you know hits the first two run homer to put him up two nothing makes a statement of course the stadium is going ballistic uh, this is like a world series i mean I, I hesitate to say World Series starved because, I mean, there are many franchises that haven't been to a World Series um, in far, far longer time periods. And let's not pretend like the Phillies haven't, you know, they're in a drought by any means. I mean, they, they won the, the World Series for crying out loud in 2008, 
2008 or 2010 or something like that. And so it hasn't been that long, but still, you know, this is a, you know, Philly fans are, you know, they're insufferable and they're ambitious and they, they really are hungry for um, glory as we know. So the stadium absolutely pops off after Bryce Harper hits the two run homer and it goes up to nothing. And then he calls Alec Baum over and um, it starts telling him, you know, things about like, you know, uh, the, the pitcher and, uh, and, and whatever he told him worked out because Alec Baum hits a, hits, hits a bomb uh, to, to make it three, nothing. And it, they never looked back from that and seven, nothing. And I was like thinking, man, it's freaking happening. The Phillies are going to fucking win the World Series. And, you know, all of the MLB is going to be, you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, the re true uh, revenge will be uh, fulfilled. Um, uh, but it wasn't the case because the very next game, the Astros almost plant a dagger. And it's really hard to come back from this, right? Um, mm. Our combined no-hitter. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's just disgusting. I, I think... So I think there has been a no hitter in World Series history. I but there has, has not been a combined no no hitter. Oh, um, okay. And a combined no hitter actually is like arguably even more rare. But I think it's going to become more common nowadays just because um, we're transitioning into a type of baseball that is like less you know uh, the, the workload isn't put as much on starting pitchers as you know even like when I you know started watching baseball it used to be like you know. Um, starting pitchers, especially workhorses like Roy Halladay, CC Sabathia, you know, we'd see these guys, you know, throw sometimes 130 pitches. If they're having a really good night, like shutout ball, and they only have like, you know, one, two, three hits on the board, and it's a shutout ball, and they're like, they've really got their stuff working, they can be throwing 120, 130 pitches, right? But, you know, we're, we're transitioning more into an era where they kind of put a hard cap at 100, sometimes even lower, depending on who you are especially in the postseason and Christian Javier, he was throwing no hit ball, but after six innings, they pulled a hook on him and, but the bullpen does not uh, lose a single beat. And it, it, they just no hit the Phillies on their home field, five, nothing. And it's just, it's just really hard to come back from that. And I had a lot of faith in the offense to get it done. Uh, game three, or game five, excuse me, game three in Citizens Bank Park was a close one. Um, the Phillies couldn't pull it out, though. They 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 scored a run in the eighth inning, and they made it 3-2, but that was unfortunately all they were able to get. And once they went back to Minute Maid Park, down 3-2, I thought, I, I had a feeling, you know, the series is kind of over because what the Phillies needed to do in Philadelphia was get at least two out of three. Um, or two out of three, of course. Three out of three would, of course, win the entire thing but two out of three i thought was like you know that's the mission um could not get it done and i mean the credit to the astros because you know combined no hitting the op opposing team on the road in the world series i mean that is gonna that's talk about like a momentum swing right so um so yeah the astros win the world series um dusty baker gets his first world series ring ever um Honestly, happy for Dusty Baker because, I mean, he's, he's been a manager. He's been around for a really long time. Obviously, hasn't won a ring yet. And, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely one of those good managers. That, he's the only guy that I actually kind of like on the Astros. Everybody else kind of just, you know, kick rocks. But, uh, but yeah, what, what, a, what a very sad way uh, for, the, for the MLB, uh, you know, season to end. And 
I don't know. I, I, I it, it feels a lot like, you know, I think the media has been kind, kinder to the Astros than I really expected, you know? People are like really, you know, celebrating this. And I don't know. I, I don't feel the same way, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but, but that marks the end of, uh, of, of baseball this year. We're going to be back next season. And of course, you know, we'll, we'll kind of keep things up to date, you know, with, you know, big offseason moves as they happen. If we're talking about contracts, you know, above, you know, 200 million, you know, anything big happens, of course, we'll keep you guys up to date. But I mean, but what, what it, it's, a, it's not the conclusion we wanted, but it is what it is. All I have to say is fuck the Astros. Fuck the Astros, man. Fuck the Astros. Um, if there are Astros fans out there, fuck you. And also, <laughs> Astros organization, fuck you. <laughs> An anti-Astros podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, Let um, it be known. Yeah, I can't wait for this core to just be gone. For the Astros, you know, don't like Altuve. I don't like Brayden. Uh, uh, I don't like any of these guys. Like, uh, I, I just, I just want what about gone. Verlander. Verlander could kick Wait, it. Honestly, who is like, the guy? Who is the guy who you ran into at the airport? That- oh no, no, that was that was a uh, uh, Brad Marchand at the Boston Bruins. The oh, oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> So for guy, some dude. reason, I thought it was Verlander. No, no, no. No, I never ran into Verlander. Well, Verlander, if I met uh, Verlander, first of all, would be way taller. I mean, Verlander's like 6'4 or something. You know, I wouldn't remember that one for sure. No, he's 6'5. That's crazy. Jesus. Um, no, I, I really don't give a damn about Verlander. Um, like... He played for the Detroit Tigers when they were absolute horseshit. Like, you know, like, he's like a really good version of, like, Matthew Stafford, like, in the baseball world. Like, you know, get, get some glory late in his career. Uh, but Verlander, of course, has won, like, numerous signings, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, but, like, you know. It is he's, just a, he's just an example of how, like, Starting pitching, like, really can't save your franchise if that's all you have, or let alone if you only have one good starting pitcher. You, it really doesn't. That definitely mean doesn't. Yeah. Like, and for me, like, I take like a really strong or like a solid one to four like starting rotation rather than like like a lights out number one guy followed by like very met like two three four. You know what I mean? Yep. Like. You want four guys on the mound that give you a good chance of winning every night rather than like a guaranteed win, like every four. Like it's, you know, that's, I think that's why, like, in the end of the day, like, that's why, like, Justin Verlander, all those years with the Tigers, really didn't do all that much. Um, And, but, but the thing is, like, you know, you get a couple of like really good hitters and you can be competitive. You see with the Phillies. I mean, yes, I've been harping on Nolan Wheeler. Throughout this entire season, uh, throughout the entire playoffs, I should say, that you know they give uh, they're two really good guys in their rotation, and they give them a good chance to win every night. But you know, <clears throat> if it was just them on the team, they're not getting going anywhere, right? I mean, the reason why they were there in the World Series was because of a very competent starting lineup, um, and you know it, it'll take you places. But 
Um, yeah, Verlander is a really good player. I mean, I don't really have any ill will towards him except for the fact that he's an Astro. I mean, you know, you're, you you got it coming for you, man. You, you didn't have to sign the contract, you know. <laughs> you chose to do it. True. <laughs> um, but uh, that's it for baseball. Uh, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, we have to first talk about, you know, address the elephant in the room. Kyrie Irving indefinitely suspended for a minimum of five games for um, his comments about, or his tweet, I should say, about this, uh, the anti-Semitic um, documentary. And then there was like a whole laundry list of things that he had to do to, you know, get back with the team, like money and time and apologies. And you know, so a whole bunch of things. But I think the bigger issue that's looming over him is, I think it's become clear, and and I have to, I'm not going to retract what I said last week, but I have been proven wrong, right? Because I said, I didn't think that the Nets would do this, really, because they have shown, their track record has shown that they are just not a team that owns up to any kind of responsibility. And, I, damn, they they freaking threw the hammer down on this guy. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's become clear that like the management is not, you know, trying to do whatever it takes to get Kyrie on the court. Like they seem to have always done in the past. They're basically like ready to cut their losses with him and move on. And I don't know, man, like, like this, um, uh, this list of, you know, misconduct for him is just piling up. And it's, I don't know, like, if I'm, if I'm the Wizards and, and you know, like, the Wizards are in a really bad position. Like, we'll take anything. I don't even know if I'd want Kyrie Irving playing for my team, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just, like, too much bad press. And, like, too much, like, you're just inviting your fan base, your franchise, like your team for just getting memed and laughed at by the entire NBA community. Nobody wants that, man. And it's become clear to me that a team with Kyrie isn't really going to do all that great anyways. So it's like, what, what is the point of having it around? I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I'd rather have him than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> But Zaha, the thing is, is even if you had Kyrie Irving on the Lakers right now, they're not making the playoffs. This is my point. Yeah. <laughs> You're but, still going to take this guy? Yeah, because I don't want to see Russell Westbrook's dirty face. Oh, my God. I don't think you understand the level of animosity I have towards Russell Westbrook. It is immense. It is, he's arguably the sports player that I hate the most in the history of sports. Wait, let me think. Is there anyone I hate more than Russell Westbrook in all of sports history? Um, I don't think, I honestly think that he is. The single player that I hate the most, all those sports. Mm. Like even more than like Grayson Allen, who I hate. 
I think I've gone through like seasons, like of periods where I like had intense, passionate hatred for a player that have like maybe like calmed down over the years, if that counts. I... Like, have you have you had something like that though? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, for, I have. for a playoff season or or two, or for like a season or two. Like, they were, like, your nemesis, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, for, for a while, I really hated Vontaze Perfect. Back up his... Um, there's a... There was a season where... Um... Oh, like, uh, uh, Meta World Peace. I really didn't like that guy for a while. Um, Dwight Howard, for a whole different reason. Bitch. Hated that guy for a little while. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, that that guy was hated. It. Um, I don't know. There, there, they, yeah, there's some play, but like Russell Westbrook, the level of animosity. I mean, like, is, I'm sure a lot of basketball fans could relate to hating Kevin Durant a lot for a while. Um, Kevin uh, Durant. Uh, yeah, I guess, but like, it, but Draymond Green. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I get. Oh, there was a period where I really hated Jaja Pachulia. Jaja, <laughs> that is so random. <laughs> no, it's Why? not. No, it's not. It's because he made that. Don't you remember? He made that play against uh, Kawhi and injured him and took the Clippers out of the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't what know. What do you like, mean? He deserved that. No, it, it was a hateable offense, but I, mean, I don't know, like, you just, I don't know, you didn't have that much skin in the game, I guess, like. No, I really the- hated Zaza for that. That's fucking bullshit. And I really like Kawhi. True, okay. Fucking bullshit, man. Um, trying to think who, like, they really haven't, like. The Celtics have had some hateable players over the years. Yeah. I- um, now it's a little better, but. I, I used to really hate Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Dude, he's too uh, small to hate, man. <laughs> no, but like he was like he was a big oh Jay Crowder. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like Jay. I mean, I I don't hate Crowder that. Like, but but he had a lot to do with the Washington Wizards, like Celtics beef, like you know when yeah, it was like, like I understand all that. The thing is, like yeah. some of these players that that you hate, like you like. You hate because of their personality and stuff, but like I respect their game. I respect Jay Crowder's game. Like, if I was listen, if it Jay Crowder three years ago, I was building a championship roster. I I would want Jay Crowder on my. Yeah, I mean, like, granted that, like, he's like coming off the bench as your seventh man. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, like, I I respect his game, Russell Westbrook. I don't want you anywhere near the rotation. If you're on my roster, I want you to be 14th. Okay, you're the 14th man up, son. You ain't seen any time unless it's a 50-point game. You know what? No. Just get off my roster. Just get, in, get go to the fucking G League. Get out, get the fuck out of here. Well, I mean, uh, silver lining for the Lakers this year is they found this random guy, huh? The Matt Ryan that you've been looking for that you couldn't find of the Colts. Uh, Matt Ryan on the Lakers. He's He can shoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
I don't I don't know what to say about Matt Ryan. You know, like a few months ago he was door dashing and <laughs> yeah. and now he's out here shooting threes for the Lakers. Like how far have the Lakers fallen that we need to get door literally, get... literally picking people off the streets. But okay, but this is what I'm saying. This adds to my animosity towards Russell Westbrook. You are so bad that a literal door dasher is playing better than you. <laughs> while while you get paid thirty eight million or whatever the fuck it is dollars to be absolute garbage. I mean, I don't like. I don't know how I could hate a player any more than I hate Russell Westbrook. I really, I really can't. I, I can't imagine it. It, it. It's pretty crazy, I will say that, um, you know, and it's, it's, it is pretty um, wild how, you know, perceptions can change so quickly. Because two years ago, right, I think everybody would have said, oh, I'm 100% taking, you know, when, when the Wizards made the trade, you know, to get Russell Westbrook in exchange for John Wall. You know, people are like, well, this is the only way that either players are going to move because they're both of their contracts are immobile at this point, right? And people thought like, you know, oh, the Wizards are actually getting a good deal. I mean, yeah, that's a good way to dump John Wall. Yeah, exactly. And look he at him he now. was also literally immobile. Like, exactly. <laughs> his contract and himself, his, his, his body his, his was physically immobile. physically was immobile. <laughs> but now... Dude, John Wall is playing well for the Clippers. Like, he's like, I think it's like countdown. I, I don't know why he's still coming off the bench. Other than a minutes restriction. That's the only reason why it could be. Like, he's playing really well. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. I did not expect this. I don't know. It's kind of like... It, it's kind of like, you know how... I don't know, there, there, I think there's, there's going to be like spurts of, of, of John Wall, like you know how, what was that lap? I think it must have been, two, maybe it was last year, like Derrick Rose had some like spurts of, of, of brilliance, and and playing well for a little while, and then and then go away, come back. But, but it's different. It's different. Like Derrick Rose is. You're right. Like Derrick Rose was putting up numbers yeah. that were like. Like, you look at them and you're like, wow, Derrick Rose is still, like, a good NBA player. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it, and, but the difference between Derrick Rose and, like, you know, Derrick Rose of, like, the New York Knicks, for example, and then um, the Clippers' John Wall is the way that they're getting it done. John Wall on the Clippers looks like almost, like, over 90% of old John Wall just for a shorter amount of time, right? 20 minutes, let's say. But he looks like John Wall out there. He's not playing a different style of game. I mean, this was everyone's fear is that like he comes back and you don't see transition buckets. You're not going to see, you know, drive and kick as often. Like, what are we going to see from him? Are we going to see like him like deferring to a jump shot that is average to below average? And like, you know, he's going to be a subpar player. Like this was the concern, right? But he's still playing his brand of ball and honestly, like, 
I have to look at some of the old clips again. I'm sure that when he first came to the league, he was lightning quick, and he may not be that fast anymore. But he's like, he's extremely fast still to the point where it's very effective in transition. Yeah. And so that's the difference, right? Because with Derrick Rose now, like he plays, he doesn't play like old Derrick Rose. Yeah. Old Derrick Rose was like insane, like in terms of like vertical, like speed, everything. Like it was extremely athletic. Monster. But he's just getting the job done in a different way. And it just makes you wonder, well, old Derrick Rose is gone. I mean, Derrick Rose can still play, but old Derrick Rose is gone. True, true. But I look at John Wall now, I look at some of those highlights, and I'm like, old John Wall might just still be there. We just need to make sure he doesn't get injured again. You know what? <laughs> now now like, that I look at his stats, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like, I see 21% from three. Like, this is exactly how John Wall used to be. <laughs> And there's one, and one thing's also regressed in his game is that he can, he apparently can't shoot free throws anymore. But yeah, he's yeah. like fifty two percent from free throw range, which he was never that great of a free throw shooter. He was like eighty percent at best. Like peak John Wall is fucking eighty percent free throw. So like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like eighty and fifty is like that's yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 but I mean, it's also a small sample. Yeah, like, I would expect he would get better with the free throws. I mean, you know, like, a guy don't, doesn't shoot from 80 and then, like, all of a sudden becomes a 50% shooter for, like, a season. You know, like, that's that just doesn't happen. You know, so you was, expect there, that would go up. Did you know that there was a season where John Wall shot 7%? <laughs> I mean, but, like, I'm sure that was, the, that was the season where he got injured, right, or something like that. Yeah, It was still, he played 66 games, dude. He shot seven percent from three. <laughs> I mean, it was on point six attempts a game. But no, that's crazy. But but point six attempts a game a, a, across sixty six. That's that's forty shots. <laughs> oh my god! He shot the ball. <laughs> shot the ball forty times, and then he made like he made one, two, two. Crazy. That shit's so fucking funny. Holy, I can't believe a professional starting point guard in the NBA shot seven percent from three over forty shots. That's that's absolutely that. That is wild. I'm actually, I I actually am like pretty impressed that he was actually able to shoot thirty five percent one year. <laughs> that was a good year for him. Yeah, and he was shooting at a good clip too. Yeah. But I mean, but that was that was peak John Wall, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was that was him at peak. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the the jump shot. I mean, could you imagine if he had lost some speed? Like it would literally be over because you can't be shooting the three and free throws like this if you can't if you can't drive the ball. But I mean, the good thing is he can, and the good thing is that the Clippers have like a shit ton of shooters around him. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean. Just, the only <laughs> the only bad thing is that if he keeps shooting the free throws like this, he's never gonna be in at the end of close games. <laughs> Cause I I would just wait until John Wall has the ball foul him and send him to the line. He'll be like, <laughs> "What an unbelievable world that you live in." Hack hack a wall is a hack a wall, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy, but. But yeah, like, dude, he's got he's got a lot of shooters. He like Luke Kennard. Yeah, yeah, of he's course. Got, 
He's got Paul George, of yep. course. You know, even Marcus Morris, Morris can shoot a little yep. bit. I mean, he just hasn't played. He, I mean, he's never played with the caliber of player like Paul George. I mean, and, and a Kawhi Leonard when he comes back, like sure. he doesn't need to be a good shooter. So yeah, it's what fine. What are you trying to say about my boy Bradley Beal? He was just one guy, and I think Bradley Beal, like really, when he evolved, was when John left. No, um, you're right. You're right. And so like, yeah, it's, it's kind of. And let let's let's be honest. Bradley Beal is not the kind of player that, you know, definitely not on Kawhi's level. I mean, I mean yeah. And, not. and arguably, maybe not on PG's level either. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, but I, I will say, though, his supporting cast is, is very different. Like, yeah, Bradley, Bradley Beal is a he's, a, he's a, he's a good tank commander. Yeah, Otto, Otto Porter... Garrett Temple, who are the other guys? Uh, what currently or no? Like, it, when John Wall was there, like in his heyday, you know, Marching Gortat. No, I mean like the wings. Oh, uh, yeah, Trevor Ariza. Oh, Ariza. Ariza can shoot a little bit at three, but he was getting older. Um, oh, yeah. oh, let's be honest. When John Wall was with the Wizards. He was getting people paid. Yeah, like, like those, those wings weren't Russell the wings Butler? that I would want. Russell Butler? Does anybody know who this guy is? I do. Um, um, Martel Webster? Like, these yeah, are guys that have no business playing Yikes. in the NBA. Um, and he got these guys paid. Um, Kelly Oubre for a little oh, bit. Oh, Oubre, I mean, there you go. Yeah, there you go. yeah, these are not wings that I want to constantly uh, passing the ball to. Oh, absolutely not. Like, you know, Luke Kennard, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Paul Much better. Jordan. Much better. Yes. yes. Like, we're talking now, right? So, so yeah. Um, and speaking of the Clippers, man, um, they were, they had a – well, they're, I think they're still working through some of the kinks. They um, are, and, and they're still waiting for but, the Kawhi. So. But, they, but they are comfortably going to make it to the playoffs, and yeah. that is where the real test is going to be. Like, they just have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of side quests that they need to complete, you know, before they get to the <laughs> postseason. And they're just in the side, and they're just in the process of racking up the experience points, you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, other stories around the league. Um, Steph Curry blows up for 47 points, um, really showing uh, the NBA, you know? Uh, Happens. Do not, do not forget about him. Um yeah, I mean, what what can we say, man? I mean, he, he this is this is you know this is what he does. Yeah, uh, he takes the Sacramento Kings and just drags them through the mud. Like this is this is uh, this is Steph Curry, um, and 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 because of that, the Golden State Warriors are at a very nice four and seven record. Uh, Yikes! <laughs> I mean, they're they'll find their way eventually. They're they're not playing well. I don't know how else. Like, like other than and I think though there was a game like last week where they like literally sat all of their starters, um, <clears throat> to give to give them a rest. But like all this is to say that their um, their their Brent their bench and I I think I mentioned this like last week or a couple weeks ago. Their bench is just trash. 
Yeah, and the thing is, like, you look at the Western Conference right now, you look at the top eight teams that are kind of occupying the seats right now. There isn't, like, a clear weak link outside of, like, you know, I mean, the Trailblazers kind of, you know, don't really look like a team that I would want to, like, put my money on. Uh, the Jazz are surprisingly doing well. Um, but, yeah, it... it Although I still think the Warriors are definitely going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's not like the top eight right now is like full of pretenders. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like they got their work cut out. Um, the Eastern Conference. Um, Cavs keep it rolling, man. They're eight They're and going. two. Crazy. They're eight and two. It, it took a lot of huffing and puffing from the Clippers to hand them their second loss. Um You know, just making quick work of the Lakers, of course. I mean, uh, who doesn't these days? But, yeah, it's a good-looking good team. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, we'll see how far they go. Uh, they have Darius Garland back, the guy that they were waiting on. So, you know. Impressive. They, uh, their depth is that I would say. leaving Cavaliers, but like you, know, you got Kevin Love coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, he's exactly. Old, like when you when you really look at their roster, it's not like a bunch of superstars, but you got you got your couple of stars, right? Garland and oh, and then and then you got some very solid piece like her, like you got an old yo. You got um, you got Jared Allen and Robin Lopez. You know. I'm bored. This is a professional NBA team. Yeah, you're you're right. But like, <clears throat> very unlike my Lakers, they had this. And then the Bucks uh, get get their first loss handed to by the Hawks, who are also you know a formidable team in the East this year. Um, you know, addition of pieces like Dejounte Murray. And the thing is, is wait, the Hawks didn't even have Trey. I don't think they had Trey. Wow. Well, that's an impressive result. I mean, it, obviously just an off night, though, from the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, definitely off night. It's just an off night. Um, we They, they were never going to be, like, it, it, most people would probably say they were, like, going to be the first seed at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, it's not, like, going to be, like, a 65-plus win kind of first seed. No, definitely. <clears throat> so, um. But yeah, I think I think everything with the East looks like pretty normal though. Um Wizards are slowly finding their way back into um you know where they ought to be, unfortunately. Bottom feeders. Feeder <laughs> Man, dude, I hate basketball. <laughs> yeah. Would you I rather be a Wizards fan so or a Lakers fan though? Yeah, honestly, like What's worse at this? Honestly, like the Wizards, because I just like don't know what is the future, man. Uh, I'd dude. rather be the Wizards. At least the so Wizards bad. have no. <laughs> uh, freaking Kyle Kuzma is our best player, man. Kyle Kuzma used to be our best player. <laughs> <laughs> You remember those times? <laughs> I do. You know, 
I I'd much rather have Kyle Kuzma than fucking Russell West. Well, yeah, I, I agree, but it's really sad when he's your best player. And you listen, know. you could have had Russell Westbrook and not Kyle Kuzma, so be thankful. Oh, yeah. Be thankful for what you have. Like that's that was, that's like 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 legitimately that could have happened. Like, right. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, be be thankful. It, it, it is sad though that like you know if you're if you're a fan and you're gonna go watch a game, you're going there to watch Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> that is kind of sad. You're not going there to watch Kyle Kuzma. You're going there to have some drinks, you know, have some fun at the arena. You're definitely you're <laughs> yes, exactly. You're definitely not going to go watch Kyle Kuzma. Let me tell you that. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I think uh, NBA uh, season goes along. Um, nothing crazy really happening in the East. Um, the standings kind of look like what we expected. Cavaliers, of course, playing really well. But, you know, Bucks, Celtics, Hawks, we expected these teams up there um, doing well. Um, Sixers, though, and, uh, and the Heat, not so much. Um, I don't really think that's going to continue, though. I mean, the Sixers are, they have the talent, you know what I mean? Yeah, and. And even a game like yesterday, where they defeated the Phoenix Suns, one hundred eighty-eight. You know, these are this; these are the type of performances like the Sixers are capable of pulling off. So it's, you know, I I, I don't have any concern for them. The Nets, on the other hand, um, very different story. <laughs> very different story. Um, and the and the Heat also. The Heat, I'm also not. I I hesitate to say that I don't think I'm worried about them. Um, too much yet. Um, I have too much faith in Spolstra to feel mm. like they're gonna be bad for yeah, yeah, the entire season. Yeah, at, at this point, Spolstra is kind of like a a Popovich character. You worry a little bit, but you know their reputation precedes that. That can carry them a long way. In fact, it, it carried. Finals. <laughs> Wait, no. Eastern Conference Finals, but they went to the finals, um, and uh, it also did carry them to. Right. Um, yeah, this is this is not a team that should be finishing outside the top eight for sure. I yeah. Mean, that, yeah, I I can't see that happening because like the the roster is also like not bad. The only thing that changes with the roster, like is really just like you know the the role players which like you know you can put and replace and you can plug and play like yep. Spolstro will find a way to make it work yeah, this is not yeah. like a new formula that he has to reinvent the wheel exactly so like exactly. i have a hard time seeing like barring injuries that like they're going to be like you know poor the entire season yeah the, the, i think they're going to um they'll be fine all right um anything else you want to add um uh, the last thing would be that apparently the Lakers have started um, ask around about um they should as they should as they should um but it's big news because they he was previously off the off the table uh, all trade negotiations so. You know we're we're finally making some progress. The promised land of AD for. I'm just gonna put that out there. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen. I just gonna put wow. that out there, you know. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude uh, this episode of the podcast. Hey, um, come on, man. It's a legitimate we'll, thing. We'll just, we'll just uh, it's a legitimate you know, thing. We'll just edit out the 80 to 80 for Katie part. That is just. Well, I'm serious. He's out of his mind. Listen, listen. Bleacher Report recently came out with an article where they talked about some potential aid ideas. And one of them was AD and a first round pick. And a first round pick for KD. That's so not worth it, man. And listen, listen, while we're at it, let's just throw in another first round pick, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie, and make it a party. (laughs) All right. uh... That's some good shit. That's some good shit. You gotta admit, that's a good shit. LeBron, KD, Kyrie, Matt Ryan. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Ryan throwing pinpoint passes. That's that's some good shit. That's some good shit. (laughs) Matt Ryan operating out of pocket throwing pinpoint passes to KD. I love that. I love that. I I still am not used to it. Like every time somebody says Matt Ryan, I, I have to try to like the first thing I think of is what the hell is Matt Ryan doing? Yeah, me too. Points? Me too. Me too. Um, um <laughs> all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes this uh episode, uh episode twenty-five of the Keep It 111 podcast. Uh, as always, thanks for listening and uh, we'll 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 see you guys next week. Hey yeah.